Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. Hey guys, I'm Ryan Key. My name is Nick Ganbarian. Hey, it's Mike Forster, and we are about to do something very fun on this podcast. But, but someone what? had an even more fun day. Let's just get it out of the way, Adam. Go ahead. Tell us what you did today. Dude. Did you do anything fun? I did. You know... Sometimes dreams really do come true. And I mean, listening to this music and I'm hearing you say that, it, it is making me emotional, to be honest. So, um, friend of the podcast, Kate Sabaker of Tested, Adam Savage is Tested, and Tippett Studios, Tippett Studio, uh, Phil Tippett being the, the legendary model maker and stop motion animator who um, goes all the way back to the beginning of Star Wars. Did he make that? Yes, right behind you. He made that. I can't see it, but probably yes. I think he made that. It's the Tauntaun. Yes, he did. Kate took me to the tested office, Adam Savage's cave and Phil Tippett's studio. And I got to tour those places and hang out and see like some of the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. Got to hang out with Adam Savage and just talk shop in his shop. Um, hung out with Norm from tested as well. It was a hell of a day. When are they coming on the podcast? Yeah. I, I was yeah. just going to say they're coming on the pod. When do your job, Adam, I can't imagine your Phil job. Tippett ever being on a podcast, but maybe one day Adam will be on armor party. That would be ideal. Let's do an armor party episode of Thank the Maker featuring Adam Savage. Yeah, a little collab <laughs> episode, bro. Collabo, little network collab. Yep, I'm into it. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. Also, last week, since we haven't been on since this happened, um, Zach the Maker, friend of the pod, friend of Mosh Isley and everything, friend of ours, right. um, who is in the Air Force, took us on a tour to uh, Luke Air Force Base, I think it is, outside of Phoenix. And we got to like get really up close and personal with F-35s, saw F-16s, watch F-35s take off on the runway, and they were just very loud. going for it. Got to actually like sit in F-16, F-16 simulator, do like a dogfight, a bombing run, take off and land the whole nine yards. Josh and Ryan from my band went with me, and it was, it was we, we felt the need for speed, and we did the damn <laughs> thing. 
And <laughs> you went ballistic with Penny Benjamin. <laughs> uh, so shout out to like everyone who helped facilitate this. Everyone at the Air Force Base to um, hung out with some pilots who were fans of my band. They came to the show. Um, Kate came to the show last night and um, or the night before last. Whatever. I don't know. Time's an illusion. We played in Sacramento. And um, thank you to my wife for my wife. letting me just go around the country and spend all this extra money on flights and hotels and everything to, to go on these adventures while she's at home and our dog is pissing on a space heater and making the whole house smell like burning piss. Mm-hmm. That is adulthood <laughs> in a sentence. You yeah. know? <laughs> uh, remember how today you said, check out this pod. You need to listen to this pod, specifically this segment. Mm-hmm. My wife <laughs> is eight months pregnant. I didn't listen to that. She's pregnant, man. She's, getting, <laughs> she's pretty pregnant, dude. That's pretty pregnant. It's not, it's not her fault. She didn't do anything today to make me not have time to listen to it. But our house is it's a, just a wasteland of preparing for yeah. parenthood. Yeah, I, could, I can only imagine. And I was telling you guys before we got on, I was really excited because uh, I have this new studio. If you're watching us here on YouTube, this is my new space. It's the coolest space I've ever had. Uh, I built it from the ground up. It's it's freaking glorious. If I'm, if I'm being honest, it's it's really unbelievable that I'm sitting in this space. But I have a child on the way, my first child, and all I wanted to do, or all I want to do, is watch this film that's on behind me on this giant, right. super comfy sectional right. that you may see in pieces behind me. So what happened is I ordered a sectional to go up here, and uh, this is an addition onto my. Uh, that my house was built in 1957. We've been remodeling and do, you know, the couch that I, the sectional I ordered, the short side came upstairs, but the long side would not make, would not come up the new stairway that we built to get up here. Pivot. It turns and it's really small. So chainsaw it in half. So small. And so it wouldn't go up there. Uh, so I had to order uh, the, the movers actually were like, you know, people make modular sectionals, you know, like they one, one seat at a right. time. So I looked into that. I found one. I got it. In in the new war, post-COVID world, as you know, when you order something, it's basically like someday you'll get this. That's your shipping estimate. But we need your money now, though. We need yeah. your money yes, right now. Yes. <laughs> That's your, your shipping estimate is before you die. That's the shipping estimate. Right. And so I was like, you know what's going to happen is this couch is going to show up like on the eve that my wife goes into labor. And I'm not going to like, I'm not just not going to get one night to like, vibe out in here watching a movie on full volume you know in this the new studio theater room then i got an email two days ago your couch is coming on wednesday yes i'm so excited you know game changer it shows up and uh four of the legs are missing what do you need those for you don't need those put it right on the ground college style so I, that's what i was doing all day and that's why i didn't listen to the podcast you're welcome but you're here now baby you're here now you made it i'm here now Ooh, and do we have a show tonight? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped yeah, on this. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This is fun. I, I like, I like, uh, we've been very deep in the Star Wars stories that are written by actual Star Wars people. Right. And now we get to sort of have fun and do our own thing. Yeah, <laughs> ra- rather than, you know, speculating all the time and theorizing and basing our channel and our podcast around that, we try to avoid that, you know, but... Tonight we get to have fun because we're not speculating. We're just we're just going to create things out of whole cloth, whether it's yep. uh, it's an idea from scratch or taking an idea that maybe is on paper somewhere and um, pitching the idea of how to bring that to screen. It's going to be fun because we're, we're we're capable, first of all, 
and we're doing what the kids call manifesting. Yes. Mm, yes, yes, yes. We're gonna we're, new term. one of one of us are gonna get picked. We're getting the grand prize. Kathleen Kennedy is gonna show up like uh what was it, Publishers Clearinghouse? Remember right, in the eighties with, with the big check? Yeah. Kathleen Kennedy is gonna be like, help me ruin Star Wars. Let's do this. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, replace every male character with whoever the latest boogeyman for uh insecure white dudes is. Let's do it, right? Yeah, she's here to ruin our lives. That's her her mission statement. That's right. Today, today. So we got inspired by uh, a couple of other of our friends' podcasts uh, to to do this idea of like this pitch, right? So like it's been a while since we've since the draft, which is coming up soon for us. Ooh, it's been a draft. while since we've been able to have a uh, you know a little death match between each other, and um, we've noticed a couple other podcasts kind of do this idea of like a pitch, right? You got an, all of us have an elevator pitch. We're going to be timed locked, so no one rambles, or you have to choose exactly what you want to put in the pitch. Run out of time, right? So what we decided was doing. What's the name? I'm so unprepared. I'm, I'm just so you're, unprepared. You're, you're ready, Ryan. We called it hit or miss. The pitch of Star Wars, right? Which is I told Adam this is a sports reference. He didn't get it. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're actually going to pitch an idea for a fil- feature film or a miniseries in a certain amount of time. And what we had to do was pick. Did we all pick a title? Hopefully. I have a title that's not as good as another. All title. right, so this is this is a great start right here. Yeah, I've got, I I love mine. <laughs> okay, I love as long as I don't title. have to go first, uh, I'll come up with a title. I'm really unprepared, so I'll go first if you want. Yeah, do it. I'll be a complete dumpster fire, and you'll be like, "God, that was terrible," and you took way too long, and then you that's guys good, will all nail good. it. So we've got a t- we've got the title of the film, we've got the uh, what's called like a treatment or overall pitch of the, of the actual uh, story, and we've got the director, and then a couple casting points, maybe if you got key moments, whatever. The point is, we're on sh- we're on the Shark Tank of Lucasfilm, and we're pitching this idea, and then you guys got to tell us which one you think is the most viable. You are the Mark Cuban. That's right. <laughs> And those other people, the guy from Fubu. So what? I I have five minutes. Yeah, ish. Yeah, you know. So we'll start the clock. All right. You could do that thing that politicians do. Or what did they say? Like, I would like to reclaim my time. Yeah. <laughs> if we start talking, you could reclaim your time. I was interrupted. Yeah. All right. Well, I just I just should have. I needed more time to like actually write. You know, like do do some bullet points. Well, and, you were farting around with that couch, man. I mean, come on. Uh, it was it, dude. More than the cat. It's it's a it's a it's a it's the baby verse here. You know <laughs> I, what I mean? I, I'm well aware. I I know how that goes. I know and, you, you are. Know, and you think you think you've got it once that once you've unpacked all the stuff, it just never goes away. It just changes. Our the cur- recycling is tomorrow. Yeah. Our house. If you drive by. If you're not into this kind of thing, you would just be like, look at those capitalist <laughs> consumer. Yeah. They had to get another recycling truck just for your house. Because hmm. there is just two chest high stacks of boxes. And it's yeah. been that way for like the last four weeks straight. Yeah. I just, haven't even sent you a gift. It either. just never ends. Okay. Never right. ends. All right. But we're close. We are we are actually close. This is gonna be great. We're all gonna come there for and, when and your wife goes in honest, later, we're all gonna come too, which is gonna be great. But but I did not have time to do like a bullet point pitch for Kathleen Kennedy on my Star Wars series. Mine's a series. Okay. All right. All right. That's fine. Which is why I asked in the text thread if that was okay today because I thought this is going to work better as we'll a series. But why not? I would need to tighten it up. But but mm. but my pitch includes a solid team to make a series. Okay. All right. Well, let's well, let's hit it from the top. Timeline, plot, director, casting, and so on. Are we starting? Sure. YouTube is ready. All right, and. Ryan Key, first pitch of the night. 
starting now. All right. I would like to pitch Star Wars Scavengers. Mm. Uh, I'm going to start in 12 BBY with the birth of Dathan, who is son of Palpatine, who wasn't actually named Dathan. He didn't have a name, but he was he was sort of raised by a Sith Eternal who took a liking to him after Palps was like, that my son doesn't have the force. So I'm, but I want to keep him alive because I might need his bloodline later. So also let me say, I, in the group thread, I asked uh, about the guidelines for this. What I am pitching for a show has been written by someone else. This is not like an, a, a, a unique and original brainchild of mine naming new characters and new storyline. This is a story that is out there and is canon, but I think should be made into a show. So I would like to hire Tony Gilroy and the Rogue One Andor crew because I think it is extremely important to bring people our age who were obsessed with and loved and rated highly Andor and Rogue One into the sequel trilogy to provide them with some backstory and some things that enrich and help build up and make the, the sequels more important and went to them. And when you go back and you read this stuff and you hear this stuff about, uh, you know, retconned or not, whatever you want to call it, it, it's it's amazing stuff. So uh, basically my idea is, is it flashbacks to Exegol and his childhood? I don't know. Maybe the first episode is just straight up Exegol and infant Dathan is is born and we're sort of seeing the, the, the Sith Eternal, the cloners and the, you know, all of the other uh, strand cast clones like in, in, tanks everywhere whatever but he's born and palps comes you know palps is somehow there in some form and is able to you know or is not able to connect with him uh through the force and basically shuns him which the story goes is, is what he did uh so he was raised by the dude's name was dathan that like kind of raised him up but he has a, he has a first name and he took his he took the name of the dude who raised him right simyong S-Y-M-E-O-N-G. Simeon? Simeon. Okay. Simeon, something like that. That's the, that is the, the Sith loyalist that sort of took him under his wing and raised him up and helped him escape. He actually escaped on a ship that Vader uh, came to Exegol to sort of meet with, with Palpatine, if I'm, if I'm recalling that correctly in the story. I know, and Palpatine wasn't like there in the flesh at that time, but his essence, you know. Anyways, he, he gets away. Uh, hidden with this, um, had some kind of thing with a with a like a Sith Eternal crest on it that helped him be invisible, be hidden and shrouded by the dark side to hide so no one could know he was on the ship. Cool stuff. Weird. Like Anyways, that. gets away, ends up on Jakku, marries a woman uh, named Mirian, I think is her name. And in the show, I would love to show them being filthy junk traders, right? Like doing exactly what Ray did tearing apart the Star Destroyers and whatever else is there for them to shade with or trade with with Ankar Plot, who they end up inevitably leaving Ray. But another big part of the... Okay, I've got a minute and 15. Another big part of the series that I think would be so sick is following Ochi Bastoon across the galaxy hunting for Ray. And there can be some really cool timeline stuff that moves around uh, in, in this, you know, in this story that doesn't have to go in order. In, in any way, shape, or form. It could, it could be all over the place with the right writers uh, and producers. I, and, you know, I think you could make a through line that really makes sense. But the end of this thing, after 
Dathan and his and Mirian. Is it Mirian or Miriam? Mirror Mirror, I want to say. Mirror Mirror. That's it. Mirror Mirror. After they are killed by Ochi, he basically put send, sends their packs their bodies up and sends them out in, into space, right? And I wanna say Lando and R2 find the bodies. What? And like yes. And I I like as an ending to the series, you know, like that final scene. I think there could be also, by the way, backtrack a little bit. There could be a really cool from a production standpoint. There's a this idea to me has a lot of Obi Wan series mm-hmm. uh, vibe to it, yep. like like the hunt, the Inquisitors hunting, Ochi is hunting. But I think I think the the vibe of it staying in that Rogue One and or the place where fans our age who are so butthurt about the sequels felt <laughs> so at home uh, would would make a lot of sense. But that final moment, you know, if it's going to be Lando and R two finding their bodies and laying them to rest, sort of thing, but also. Uh, experiencing that final moment with young Ray and, and Uncar plot on Jakku, like, and sort of like, that's it. It's not, this isn't like a multi season thing. This is a limited series that ends with now we know the story of Ray's parents. And I think it brings together both aspects of Ryan Johnson wanting to say your parents are nobodies and JJ Abrams wanting to say there's something more important here and they can be nobodies and also be, Somebody. also have this lineage and this heritage, right? Uh, so yeah, I just want to see a, a, a grimy, gritty story because that story is grimy and gritty. It's dark and and like there's murder. They they're really stabbed to death on a spaceship. Like, uh, so I want to see a gritty and or Rogue One esque story that that tells us Dathan's story and how you know Ray's origin through the eyes of her parents. I like that. I want it. I like it. All right. Now we get, we get a couple minutes to ask questions. Ryan is having a baby. So he get one, got one extra minute. Nick, you're not going to get that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Um, So here's my question for you. Uh, You've got a good story here. That's deep. It's vast. Who are you casting as your main leads? Ryan key. Well, Ochi, I don't know because he would be an alien species, right? So, I mean, is is Circus overused in Star Wars now that he's been in Star Wars, or can he do the voice of? of I mean, that's the go-to answer, of course. That's a, that's a question for Andy Circus, to be honest. Because it would just be voiceover, basically. You know, that would all be voiceover. But maybe you know right. what? You know what? No, I am going to die on the hill with Kathleen and the crew if my pitch gets picked up. That James Arnold Taylor gets the gig of doing voiceover <laughs> in live Dude. action for the first time. I was about to say, why not? Um. I mean, and the parents are already cast because they were in the flashback. You yes, know? yes. Uh, the, I I think we we would use the act the the actor and actress that played her her parents on the ship with Ochi yeah. in in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Palps obviously is Ian is is Palps. Like, yeah. We got to make we got to get this made. By the way, yeah. <laughs> the clock's ticking. Yo, so do so do you, do we have a de-aged Lando or do we or mm, is it um, somewhat yes because or or do this we this would be. It, it's not far enough back to be. Yeah, you dark. make you make Donald older. You don't yes. de-age. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, that's way. exactly what you do. <laughs> that's exactly what you do. And Kathleen, if you're listening to me, what an incredible tie-in to the Lando film or series or what, what, whatever whatever it is. Like, let's let's get some more Lando. Um, I'm looking for it, but because I read it today, quickly trying to get ready for this half-ass as I do. Hold on, hold on. Well, dude, while you're trying to find it, it, this could be something that gets made in 10 or 15 years when Donald Glover is older and it's not such a stretch. Right. You okay. know? 
The crate was found by Lando and R2-D2 who recovered their bodies and took them to the frozen world of uh, Neftali where they buried them together with the help of Luke Skywalker and Komat. I don't know who Komat is. Uh, was it, I, I want to say it was some sort of, was it a droid? Man, I don't know. I read that book and I'm hanging on. It might be a droid. No, a human female who was a former member of the Acolytes and Beyond. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm mistaking it. Either way, Luke is it? Luke is there. Yeah. At, at the burial. I mean. Dude, when you have time. This has to get made. Read that Shadow of the Sith book for sure. Yeah. When you have time. That's where a lot of this comes it. from, right? Yeah, you will love it. It's okay. so good. I wish I remembered any of it. Lando, R2, and Luke in a final scene burying Rey's parents mm. yeah. as we see her like learning to be a scavenger at the very end. Like, you know, maybe the 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 final scene is is her with her like little arm wraps, like far enough ahead. Like maybe it skips forward because obviously they they were probably killed while she was an infant. But wait, so in the book, does Luke meet her as like a toddler or whatever? No, he's he's just there for the for the burial. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think it says that. Yeah, it says the the crate c- containing their bodies, hmm. Dathan and Miramir. The crate containing their body was found by Lando and R two. Oh, okay, found. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. They recovered their bodies and took them to the frozen world of Neftali, where they buried them together with the help of Luke Skywalker. So ending with that scene, and then cut to her at you know at at the spaceport on Jakku, you know away away from them. And the misdirection that sent Ochi to Pasana was uh, her mom, Miramir, with the beads. Mm. She, she had the beads on, so he thought that's where they were from. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm on board for this. A lot. There's a it, it, green lit. Yeah. There's a lot of and dude, Star Wars scavengers. It's just mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. Sick. Some merch, merch heaven. I like it. Let's go. Hey everyone, we want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over-print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Who's next? Nick? Nick? Me? Come on, dude. Nicolas. Okay. Oh, my God. Are we ready to do this? All right, you're ready. Okay. okay. The so pitch my is main on, characters. Just, wait, 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 wait. I'm you going. Just, you just walked in. We're going to hit start. I ripped my shirt off. Go ahead. Yeah. 
My main characters are a new Jedi Order of Rey, Finn, Ezra, Sabine, Jason Sindula, and the elder of the group, Ahsoka Tano. Mm. The council now refers to light side force users as Skywalkers. I'm, I'm ham-fisting that in. I want that to happen. Yeah. Um, the era is obviously post-sequel, but it's also post whatever movie is coming out. So post new Jedi Order movie. I'm writing the sequel to it already. Post-Rey movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the plot... Leader of the Order, Rey, seeks out an extremely Force-sensitive Jedi Order holdout named Grogu, who has been raised as a Mandalorian by his adoptive father, uh, Din Djarin. Simultaneously, there's a rise in Mandalorian purists called the Hounds, who cite Death Watch as an influence, but feel like Death Watch did not go far enough in sparking the ancient Mandalorian ways. Their leader no, uh, shows some training in the Force, Perhaps an apprentice of source, but how? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, so Din, obviously at this point, is an elder, an elder Mandalorian on Navarro, which has been made a Mandalorian stronghold for decades. Uh, and he is revered as a reluctant leader uh, as the culture, Mandalorian culture there flourishes. So... The hounds wind up abducting Din, demanding that all Mandalorians form one clan and try to seize power from the new New Republic. That's a Futurama Easter egg right there. <laughs> <Nice>. um, <laughs> uh, during a rescue attempt uh, by a reckless and outmatched Grogu, Din sacrifices his life to help Grogu escape, but to no avail, Grogu is captured by the leader of the hounds. In captivity, Grogu is met by the Grand Master of the uh, hounds, someone whose power is fueled by the dark side, Shin Hati mm. of House Skull, named after her former master. Shin vows to train Gro Grogu whether he accepts willingly or is forced. And because of Din's death, there is a hint of fear and loss in Grogu after uh, Din died, planting a seed for a turn from Grogu. Oh my. Dude. Mm. This is sick. See, he typed mm. his up. He's mm. ready to roll. I was looking at Wikipedia just just like I mean, he's got, he was he, done in two and a half minutes and the show got picked up. This, this is, is crazy. Wild. Yeah, the rest of the elevator ride. And, and the wait, no. Nailed it. No, who who is directing? We already say this. Okay, my here's here's this because is a film? I, this is a film. So I'm going I think the Russo brothers are the great. Oh. So I'm going Russo good pick, brothers. Dude. Damn. Good pick. All right. Okay. Yeah. And I think my, my working title is the, the Hounds of Hati. All right. Mm. Well, right. Those are my notes. Email me if you want to pick this movie up. Okay. My folks. Okay. My people. This, this is very good. I like this. This is this got all the strategy of Disney right here. We take all the hottest people, mm -hmm. all the hottest characters, mash them up into a movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this seems plausible to me. So this is what year? Like you say they're – they're all they're all the council are they like elders elders is, is like ray in her 70s what are we talking about here no i think it's pretty soon after this movie gets made you know like i think that the after the actual movie gets made whatever the new jedi order is i i see that as her kind of talking all those aforementioned finn sabine like into being a group and grogu is the holdout so she's trying to get grogu to to, to come so no they're all they're all like Younger. Okay, I'm 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 40s. sitting across the table yeah, sure. from you. I'm sitting yeah. across the table from you. I'm a producer, executive producer. Hmm. Yeah, uh, are you open to the idea of having Stephen Knight write this film 
as well. What what has Stephen Knight done? He's writing the Ray film. Oh, sure. Peaky Blinders, writer, yeah, creator. I, I want continuity, so. Okay. Yeah. Because in essence, in, in theory, this is a continuation of whatever we're mm-hmm. going to see. Right? Yep, yep. So, I love assuming it. Assuming he nails that. Yeah. I, see, I, my, I think my, he, he should write it. I know I've said it on the podcast bef- before, but to refresh for anyone new or anyone who's forgot, I do think that the sickest thing to do, which would put Star Wars on top forever, is to do what they did with Vader and introducing Anakin later and Anakin turn into Vader was mm-hmm. to introduce Grogu first and over the course of like two decades mm. <laughs> or like 15 years, watch the real time like fall of Grogu into dark side, you know, and oh. then the redemption, like literally just do the original, like the first six movies over the course of 20 Dude, years in, it is in, not, in, in series, you know, it is not crazy to think that that was actually the, spark in the brain of John Favreau yeah. at the very beginning mm-hmm. to say like, I want to create a character that is super force sensitive in a time where there are no Jedi that takes us on this ride again, you know? And then he yeah, brainstormed and it was like, well, what if it's, you know, baby Yoda, like mm-hmm. however they call it back then. But like, yeah. I don't think it's crazy to think that that's how that went down or that yeah. that's the vision. Mm-hmm. So at this point, this is, 30 years at least, right, since... So more like 40 years since uh, The Mandalorian, so... I mean, I think they're saying, yeah, so, like, Din's going to be 70, 80. Uh, I want to say that Ray movie is 10 years after... Did they say it was 10 years after Rise of Skywalker? I don't remember. They definitely said it gave a time frame. Yeah. So even that... She's only going to be Ray's only going to be in her thirties or so, you know. So like I think, and Ezra and Sabine are younger than that. Ahsoka, who knows? But uh, you know, they got to work on how Tigruta's age. They, no, we by need then info. Ezra and Sabine are old. Yeah, but I'm saying they're younger than Ray, though. No, right? They're way older than. Oh wait, Ray. no, 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 no. I'm thinking backwards. Yep, yep. Either way, whatever. So either way, what I'm getting at is that Grogu's like an adolescent, or like he's mm-hmm. like a teen. Yeah, ish in development, right? So mm-hmm. he's he's speaking, he's doing stuff, he's out there causing trouble, you know, getting into yeah. getting into shit, you know, a little a young little arrogant, you know, force force sensitive Mandalorian, right? Yep. No, uh, no guidelines, you know, like no Jedi Order. He just yeah. has super wicked power, yo. <laughs> but always <laughs> wicked smart. Yeah, Din Djarin has a Boston accent too. Yeah. That's, ah, that's, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I did get that. He went to Harvard. Um, <laughs> I like this a lot. Yeah, this uh, this is this is good. This is uh, this is this a risk? Do we do we judge this? Is Disney going to take a risk? Is this a risk? I mean, with all those good guys in there, plus Grogu, plus like the death of Din, which has to happen eventually. It's got to happen. You're right. Yeah, right. you need a bad guy. You know, like you need a bad guy. So, how prominent are like the the New Republic and New Jedi? Jedi Order and Jedi Council yeah. characters in this, or is it focused more on Grogu and Shin? Um, because that's a big cast. That's a huge. I ensemble. think it's more Grogu Shin because I think that you get to Grogu by Ray not like really accepting if she's the leader of the the order there, her mm-hmm. not accepting that Grogu doesn't want to come join. Yeah. So I think it's more Grogu versus. Let's talk about let's yeah. talk about a Ray and Shin showdown though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. badass. I want to see that. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, Discord is saying that they uh, and Jason specifically and Nicole Rourke both said uh, the new Jedi Order movie is supposed to be 15 years after Rise of Skywalker. You said 15? 15, 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. Nice. All right. We're age. So, so Ray's like mid-30s, late-30s? Probably, right? Right. Okay. That's yeah, because right. the whole sequel trilogy is a year or two, right? Yeah, I think so. So because she's 21 there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Because like it'll, it'll have actually she's thirty been, in real life now, right? right. Daisy Ridley's thirty years old, something now? like that. Yeah, right. nine thirty. So it will have yeah. actually been fifteen years from when we first saw her in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Sweet. Wow. All right, Mike, you go next. What do you think? Are right, we ready, Nick? Bring up my uh, bring up my uh, my stopwatch here. I'm going to need it. Let's do it. Okay. Actually, not. I've got this thing. This is packaged in a bow. I want to make sure. I'm ready to get totally shown up. Twice right. in a row here. I'm, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready to ride that elevator, and I assume that we're. I'm hitting start. You ready? Are we? Are we? Hold on. Is this a thing where like one of these is actually getting picked by Discord or something? Like one. Yeah, yeah they're gonna vote. Is this an actual competition? Yeah. 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 Oh. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna make I'm a movie home. poster I'm, for it and everything. I'm taking my lunchbox and I'm going home. Don't worry. Somehow the Discord's gonna win. They're gonna be like, we'd like <laughs> our pitch better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, still, sorry, I'm still sorry mad. the Discord hive mind is smarter than you guys. I'm good. still mad about losing the draft. That's true. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> so I think I think the other thing is uh, that we also wanted to note that if we are very aware that us four gentlemen on this podcast uh, are not the most uh, indulgent of readers, right? So if there are any like crossover points or a, a storyline that seems similar to something please shout it from the rooftop so that eventually when we get around to reading books that aren't the high Republic, <laughs> at least for me, um, I would, yeah, I have six Dune books to read. They're really, <laughs> yeah, see, so it's like, going to be a, it's going to be a long time. That baby sleeps a lot for the first couple of months. So you're just going to have baby here and then just book right here. And that's good. That's what you want. Wow. Um, so yeah, if there's any, if there's any storylines from any books or any comics or something like that, a lot of this stuff has been flushed out, but we'd love to hear about it. So please do uh, let us know. Okay, we ready? We ready to do this? You ready? I'm going to count you down from three. You ready? Yeah, okay. Pitch is ready. You ready? Three, two, one. Introducing the Zeta Squadron, a Star Wars story. All right? Nice. In the time of the New Republic, yes, Nick, I'm with you on this, Captain Carson Teva is rebuilding a strike team of new Starfighter pilots after the fall of the Empire. Marked exclusively by their gold and blue colors, this training team of young hotshots fly an assortment of classic rebellion ships like the XA and B-Wings. To prepare them for anything, Captain Teva launches them from two Republic cruisers out of range to teach them to work with minimal support and to assess and adapt to any potential threats. The flight crew is led by Lieutenant Paul Sintiq, a reserved, reluctant, slightly hesitant pilot who prefers the skies to the simulators and though he's seen little action he's lost many more to the dangerous air that can swirl around decades of conflict on their latest training mission curiosity gets the squadron to investigate an odd power signature from a supposedly evacuated base on the planet lanara chaos erupts as the squadron is attacked by the gorgara a band of vicious pirates composed of defected warriors and derelicts from the fall of the empire's collapse the leader of these violent raptors is the infamous rain darrow this former Mandalorian sharpshooter who leads 
who pilots mm-hmm. a blood red fang fighter thought to be only a ghost a ghost story to warn fresh pilots not to be not to be too confident on their missions in recent years darrow has everything he needs to rebuild his threat to the galaxy after commandeering an imperial naval base outfitted with tie fighters interceptors and one rare advanced warfighter the terrifying tie defender Ooh. after narrowing escape narrowly escaping from the surprise attack lieutenant t finds a stroke of luck in a small outpost on the planet's surface, allowing them to form a, plan, form a plan to not only escape against the pirates, but to strike a blow, sending a message that the New Republic is just as fierce and deadly as the spirit of the previous rebellion. Will Lieutenant Teak prove he's ready to lead this band of new pilots to victory? This is the story of the Zeta Squadron. All right. Sweet. Are we going to do this? Turn and burn. Okay, so think... Chemistry and victory of a heist movie, right? We've got our classic moments of being like, we got to figure out how to get our damaged ships back up into the sky, what we can do to fly. Uh, We've got action of, in the spirit of the mid-2000s, early 2000s, like OG couple first Fast and the Furious movies, which were a ton of fun, popcorn movies. I feel like we need that again. And the Transformers, Transformers, the story <laughs> of uh, the, uh, with with Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox, <laughs> all of the hits, right? Uh, the the behind lots enemy of lens flares, you know, lots of lens flares behind enemy lines feel of the final act of Top Gun Maverick. And I'm thinking for a director, F. Gary Gray, who did The Italian Job, Fate of the Furious, Straight Outta Compton, Friday, Men in Black uh, International, mm. Law by the Citizen. Like he's done action and he's done wonkiness and he's got a pretty wide range. Uh, but I just feel like there's something about some of those movies that were just, just cheesy enough that are like kind of where Star Wars needs to get back on track to being like great popcorn. Especially this one's like not as story. It's a it's a light story. But it's a little more popcorny, and I feel like mm-hmm. that's why we all love Top Gun Maverick so much. Um, so for cast, I'm thinking obviously our our, our dude um, uh, Paulie uh, reprising his role as uh, as as Captain uh, Carson Tava uh, for Lieutenant Paulson Teak, right? Which is uh, uh, a Beastie Boys shout out. This is the way we name. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. name, way we name characters. Uh, for instead of Paul, uh, Paul's boutique, we have Paul's antique. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking um, uh, Yaha Abdul Mateen, who was Doctor Manhattan in the uh, HBO Watchmen mm-hmm. series. Uh, he was oh, also yeah. he was also Black Manta. Um, he crushes and pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. Um, I'm thinking for some of the pilots. Thirty seconds on the clock, Mike Forrester. Okay, uh, for pilots, I'm thinking uh, Stephen Yoon. I'm thinking uh, Emma D'R.C. from House of the Dragon, Jess Sinclair, Gen V. Like these are all like youngerish pilots who like would would totally gel as like you know a, a group, a different group. Uh, and for uh, Daro, thinking either two actors. One, of course, would be Patty Considine, uh, who is uh, King Viserys of uh, House of the Dragon, or Paul Anderson, Arthur Shelby of Peaky Blinders. Uh, so I'm thinking some key moments. Oh, my. Oh, Arthur Shelby. Um, I'm thinking uh, the team is comprised of a mixed bag of species. Mostly uh, I'm thinking like, you know, Mirrorlands, but I'm also thinking mostly humanoid, but also like a Roydian or a Duros would serve as like the Groot of the uh, of, of the group. Um 
Rain Darrow flies a Fang Fighter, and obviously in Blood Red would be really sick uh, because it's like kind of classic like Red Baron vibe. Um, and I'm thinking that one of the Republic cruisers is like totally blown to bits, so that Carson has to leave and basically like cuts off comms behind enemy lines. And then I'm thinking the final scene after the victory, a new set of pilots walks in eager to fly. Carson asks Teak if he's ready to suit up again. A young pilot jumps in and says, "I wish I would have had the one to." had the chance to take down Rain Darrow. Carson starts laughing and says, what's your name, kid? And he says, Dameron, sir. My name is Poe Dameron. Oh. Right? So that's... I love so it. That's how, it around. that's how I'm thinking we would do it. Uh, that is the... Uh, that's the, the Zeta Squadron. I love Maybe. it. Maybe. I'm into it. I love it. You, you really... In 10 seconds over, Mike. I went 10... Se- oh, One minute and 10 seconds. A minute and 10 seconds. seconds. Bullshit. Hey, can I go back and just give some credit where, where credit's due to my like completely unorganized and not typed up pitch, which would never get picked up because you can't go into a room and just be like, so I think maybe if you had this one person, which is what I did, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Billy Howell, who is credited as Ray's father because didn't he didn't get a name until the novel was written after, but uh, Billy Howell and then Jody Comer as uh, Ray's mother. Uh, Miramir is that yeah. Mir- yep. Miramar. Miramar. Uh, yeah, so cool thing. J- Jody Comer, amazing role. If you have not seen this film, she played uh, Marguerite de Carouge. Yeah, Marguerite de Carouge in The Last Duel. Oh, um, yeah. Um, starring Adam Driver really and, and Matt Damon. Yeah. Freaking incredible film. If you're into like it's Adam, it's medieval shit without dragons and magic, you, you might like it. Um, I'll mess with that. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, it's it's really good, and it's a true based on a true story. But anyways, I did not realize that she was in that film, and she's, like, incredible in that movie. So absolutely hired. Like, n- I know we would get an incredible performance out of her. Sick. So let's, let's make this I show. I have one update, too, to mine. Uh, I will be uh, an actor in this playing Shin Hati's love interest. <laughs> Just to get the smooch? <laughs> I could die like right after it's fine. Right. She stabs you with her lightsaber. You're like, oh, it's fine. Just get Nick, just get Nick an on screen smooch with Shin and he's good to go. All right. Adam, my turn. He's been waiting for this. He's been waiting for this. I've heard this pitch before and it took about three hours. So five minutes is going to be really interesting. We were tired. Nick, you got, Um, Nick, you got the clock. What are we doing? Let's just let it roll, man. All right. Here's, are you going to, are you going to give the name of, of the name? No. I uh, too much. I don't want to go too in detail. Okay. More than a plot, I'm going to give you the concept because it's the concept okay. that I think is the hook more than anything. Well, I won't. I obviously won't give it away, but just for those of you out there, I've I know this story pretty intimately, and the lead character who is the the core of the whole concept has the sickest Star Wars name, <laughs> and Adam came up oh, with dude. it. But I'm. Not, I mean, we're not. We're not going to get to hear. And I it. thought of something earlier too for the sibling that is genius. I'll tell you later. Okay, I'm ready for this. So, Nick, start it up. Have you guys heard this, Nick? Mike, have you heard this before? Has he pitched this thing to you before? Yes, I feel like yeah, like in depth. I okay. think I've verbally diarrheaed this to to all parties all right. involved here. All yeah, right, correct. So, good. so this is admittedly uh, kind of redundant and pointless at this juncture because. Um, this is an this is an idea that I've been that's been bouncing around in my head. I've been taking notes for a couple years now. It's a Jedi origin story, right? 
obviously we're going to get that with with James Mangold's uh, written and directed forthcoming Dawn of the Jedi, right? Is that what it's called, or is that it's, just what the era is? It's the yours is the Jedi origin story. Hey, the quintessential. I think it's. I think it's a good idea. Here's the other thing: it the is. Force knows no bounds. It always was. It always will be. It doesn't necessarily have to have a singular origin story for Force mm-hmm. wielders. You know, the, the we're going to different galaxies now. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. So in theory, the Force is being discovered and awakened by all different peoples everywhere across the universe. And it's like a convergent evolution thing, you know? So it doesn't have to be one thing. So I feel like this story could still be told. Okay. All right, timeline. I'm going to say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away because it's going to be tens of thousands of years back. It does work. I don't don't think it's necessary to make it specific. I'll go ahead and say at the top, the only director that I can think of that would get the tone of this right is Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. Because it's, I'm just thinking like... I'm in. Denny classic though to get to get the dune director to come over and do right. star i mean that's, that's just that's classic, classic lucas's classic neeson's like it's just that's it's gonna work yeah. gonna casting work. i want he's gonna do it i want as many unknown actors as possible that i'm sure there are plenty of actors who are coming up that i don't know anything about so i'm not even gonna try with that right and maybe at the end of this you guys can throw out some ideas if you mm, i have one okay i have one I have a really good one. The entire cast of the new Mean Girls. <laughs> so, uh, Jedi origin story. So, again, conceptually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch this. So, it's set in a in a single solar system, no hyperspace travel, no no interstellar travel at all. Right, one solar system, two planets. The origin of this two dual inhabitants system here is there was you know imagine Earth. Um, I'll kind of use instead of specifics and names and everything i'm I'm just going to kind of analogize earth and uh let's say like uh, imagine mars is a planet that we settle at some point right imagine the space Nick, race. he's got to be at like five minutes already isn't he? a lot of qualifiers at the top um halfway halfway there all right okay so imagine <laughs> imagine the space race never stopped right and somewhere late 21st century we make it to another planet in the solar system say it's mars right we we start to colonize that planet and then a massive solar event happens, like a coronal mass ejection that just knocks out the grids of both planets. So you've got thousands of people who have colonized this Mars-like planet, right? Everyone at home, the tens of billions of people are are screwed there. So there's no longer any travel between these planets. This sets them back so far that, you know, because they have to completely rebuild their civilization, they're not thinking about the space travel thing and these colonies way deep in the solar system so a thousand years go by before they can make it back there this is stuff that would be in the crawl i assume right so we established that we have these two planets and it's it's been so long that they the people on the earth-like planet almost considered these the, the colonists from a thousand years ago almost a different species they're subhuman to them right but in the meantime you know th- th- there's all this infrastructure everything else that on the earth-like planet they've been able to pick up pick up the pieces a little faster, but everyone on the other planet, they kind of started over. They have this brand new culture. They've become sort of an ancient society. There's a, there's a royal family. There's, you know, they're, they're very connect to the, connected to the force. They've discovered this thing about their planet. They haven't been communicating with the other planet. They've become force sensitive because this planet has a heart of Kyber, right? This planet also is tidally locked. So for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it means the... The planet doesn't rotate. 
gravity has, has stopped the rotation. So one side is constantly baked by the sun. The other side is constantly in darkness. It's frozen. But there's a Goldilocks zone around a perimeter that has beautiful lush weather and, or, sorry, climate and, and landscapes and everything. This is where these people survive. And that, that dichotomy between the, the burning light side and the, and the freezing dark side informs their view of the force and it, it's become part of their mythology. So that like that one thing is absolutely key there. It's, it's a more balanced view of the force. There really is no light or dark side so much. Um, the main characters will be the daughter of the, the Royal family, so to speak on this tidally locked planet and her brother, prince and princess. And then coming from the earth planet, um, the son of a wealthy former military imperialist capitalist piece of shit. Right. And the idea is that now that they're back up and running with the space program, they've, they've started, they've gone back, they've started to increase relations and they're realizing that there's something there, an energy source that they may be able, be able to exploit because they need to conquer interstellar travel because they know that the sun is dying. They know that there's going to be another solar event that's going to wipe them out. They've been building this giant ship trying to figure out how to power it to get the hell out. And they're realizing there's this energy in this crystal, right? This is, this is pre-coaxium and everything, right? So, you know, think of steam power and stuff like that, right? They're using kyber for, for propulsion. Um, the idea is that this, the son of this, this terrible piece of shit meets the, the, uh, the daughter of the princess. He learns about the force from her. The brother is also, he's very force sensitive as well. Um, there's, there's this sort of triangle of romance and family and everything and distrust and all of these things. And I don't want to get into the, like too deep into the story, but in the end, this will be the origin of the Jedi and the Sith, so to speak. Maybe not with those names. I, I have a bunch of language built in, like um, some characters and, and some planet names and things that could lead to the, the actual term Jedi. Don't want to go into that too deeply, but also we'll see the first lightsaber. So this man coming from uh, the planet with all this technology, learning about kyber crystals, he's actually the one who invents the lightsaber because they, they use sword. I mean, think of swords, think of spears, think of like ancient Japanese type weapons, but with kyber crystals in the hilt, sort of built into the hilt. So they're, 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 they're powerful weapons. They're more powerful, but they're not like enhanced or channeled in the way that technology does in a lightsaber. Right. But he brings this together. So it's, it's kind of flipping everything where this, you know, the origin of the Sith is, is very much about like exploiting this thing that they can't achieve because they're, they're approaching from a, a dark side perspective. I don't want to spoil too much because there's too much good shit. It's like Dune meets Ferngully. I've never seen Ferngully, but I believe you. Okay. Um, and in the end, I'm thinking of this as, a, as potentially a trilogy because this would end by faster than light travel being achieved. Um, there's an enslaved people, there's deception, there's, uh, some crazy family twists and things like that. Since Dawn of the Jedi was taken, I'm thinking the trilogy is maybe called the birth of an order or the birth of the order. And each film would have a different title. I mean, cause nothing beats Dawn of the Jedi, to be honest. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. So we'd see the first ever Pergil riders. I'm thinking, yeah, Pergil would be mm. in there at some point. Yeah. Okay. Really love the planet stuff. They're like fully cold side, fully light side. Yeah, but like when you get into the parentage and stuff that you have thought out, like how she's born and 
One side is Ilum, one side is Arrakis. The concubine shit. It's just so good, man. It's so good. Shh, no spoilers. Okay. Very Dune though, yeah. and you're not a you're not a big Dune guy, right. so it's like it just inherently that. But that's why these stories. I'm watching Foundation now. Same. And I've come to learn that Foundation is actually where it all comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, predates Dune. <laughs> yes. And, Asimov, but, right? But the, it's a, it's a um, Asimov, right? And yeah. Yes. And the ideas, obviously, can you can officially say that Frank Herbert and George Lucas took from this original concept and made their thing. But I, I also think that some of these ideas are just sort of like inherent sci-fi. Like, it's, it's not that Asimov thought of it first, necessarily. But I am getting into the shit in Foundation where, like, moving things with your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, is, is, a, is a thing. I'm and at, like almost at that spot, pretty much. And it's, dude, and so that is straight up, you know, the first telling in popular culture of, uh, it's set 50,000 years in the future and it was written in the 40s. But I think it's interesting that you're not, you haven't read Dune, you, you weren't, you know, you've been thought of this long before the film came out. And a lot of, when you, when you first told me about this idea, so many of the concepts do live more in the Dune world. Yeah, you, I was like, I was like, dude, it's Paul Atreides, man. What's going on here? Yes. Then the Star Wars. And I mean, it's all in there when you told me the original story and like, yeah, I, I think that it's cool how the idea of, of the hero's journey just exists in, in this concrete way. Yeah. Um, and, and in sci-fi, it's like so many of the ideas behind it are the same, even if they come from different minds. Classic archetypes, dude. Oh, also the last thing I'll say is that... You have casting. You guys talk about casting. Well, before you guys, because you guys got to throw out some ideas, before um, the origin of many of the Jedi principles, which were flawed out of the gate, you know, a Jedi shall know no anger nor hatred nor love comes from this story. And it's, it puts the dominoes in place for the eventual fall of the Jedi tens of thousands of years later. It's the kind of ending that if you don't understand the deeper concepts, it's like, oh, they won. But ultimately, they've been set up for failure, you know, with a, a flawed philosophy from, from jump. That's my pitch. You, your, your pitch, again, your pitch can't be done in five minutes. <laughs> and I know the name of the, of the lead. Right now, it says 12 right. minutes. Did, okay, so Adam did <laughs> 12 minutes. But I mean, he pitched a trilogy, so... You did say it's a daughter, right? You, you said it's a, a female... Yeah. Right. So I vote that you cast Kaylee Spaney, who just played Priscilla Presley. Oh, she's in Priscilla. Okay. Young, insanely talented, kind of, you know, not a, not a huge, um, Priscilla's going to put her on the map, but not, not in like a Barbie way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just saw the movie, so it's fresh on my mind. Who does Ryan Gosling play? (laughs) But yeah, I I feel like you're going to want an, an almost adolescent looking actor to at the start, you know? Yeah. And she was amazing in this film. So like, I think she could bring some depth to the character of, I know the name, but I'm not going to tell you. Also, um, inspirations I'm thinking, um, and, and also trying to avoid the tropes yet still being inspired by the last samurai. Sure. You know, there's lots of stuff I have in there that is too similar to avatar because again, avatar just borrows from all the same stuff. Right. Um, things I would have to work out, but Pocahontas. similar vibes of, of that type of, that type of story. Okay. A little culture clash, a little um, bit of learning from each other, 
And I want I want Jeremy Irons to be the father. All right. Oh, that's good. I like that. I love that. Watch anything with Jeremy Irons. Um, Nick, do you think? Let's speculate. Hmm. Adam's character's name. What do you think? Is what do you think his name is? Hmm. It's a great Star Wars name. I'm going to go with Garazeb Aurelius. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little Rebels joke for you guys. Barry and Gan. Barry and Gan. Barry and Gan. Barry and Gan is the best. Honestly, I like that too. I can't wait for that to be a real Dude, thing. Dude, that is <laughs> such a good Star Wars name. It really is, man. <laughs> or even if you separated the two and left it in order, Gan Barian is also an, an amazing <laughs> yeah, Star true. Wars name. That's good. I was born a Star Wars. The way it spelled yeah. everything. <laughs> Incredible. Yo, there's this actor. I don't know if you have uh, room in your in really in any movie. There's this dude. I don't know if you guys have ever watched this show called His Dark Materials. It was on HBO. It's pretty good. I think it got canceled already. Um, there's this dude uh, named Andrew Scott who's just like uh, Irish. Like he's a couple of years older than us. He needs to be like his. The way he acted in his dark materials made me think he needs to be in future Star Wars, like as I don't know if it's like necessarily a bad guy, like just because of his accent, he would be a great Imperial or whatever. But um, when I'm looking at the rest of his uh, what he's been in, he was in Fleabag, uh, Sherlock. Oh, yeah, uh, he's got a vibe to him for sure. Seven Spectre. But just like he definitely seemed he also has that 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 thing where I'm like, this guy's clearly a good actor and he hasn't been in that much, which I think is like huge for Star Wars when like. Right. It's yeah. not Brad Pitt, you know, yeah. like it's someone who's right. like has acting chops, but isn't like takes you out, you know, the brother, the brother, Paul Mescal. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I was actually going to say, yeah, mm. I had him on my, uh, my possible list. He, dude, he could, he could crush. Mm-hmm. I mean, him and uh, Kaylee, right? That was her name. I would like to have very few white people. That's one of my things. Well, he's Irish. And she's American from Missouri. So that doesn't work Mm -hmm. for your casting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I think these are all pretty, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to comb through discord and, um, it seems that, uh, yeah, it seems that people are slightly into us. So now we're going to do what we normally do, which is we will put on social media, all four of these pitches with a brief summary. So maybe we all have to text each other a two line summary or we'll do titles. Yeah. Titles. And then make people pick subheadings, yeah. And then what we'll do from there is take the pitch, and we will tag Star Wars official accounts so that they can block all of us, and they'll never have to hear from us again. <laughs> so we could do that. Um, but I think all these, like, they're all. I think here's what I think: it's interesting enough that all four of our pitches, I feel like, represented our personalities in a way. Yeah. That mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryan went to this like super heavy gritty borderline crime drama and then you know adam's got this like philosophical story and then nick's like nick's got this this full-on like i'm mandalorian centric mando centric like all the things we love about new star wars just trying to make money for disney man (laughs) yeah man mando centric grogu loving right continuation we might get like an expanded galaxy's edge if star wars does really well i'm just thinking dollar (laughs) signs yeah and that's what we want we want we finally want to be able to open up that bar up at the top of ogus cantina Mm -hmm. to expand it Mm -hmm. and and that's going to be in your movie nick i can believe it yeah already Um, you know but mine mine being an add fest of popcorn and uh 
you know, I think it's good. It's, I, you know, Love I it. it'll be in the movie first, but the entire new Star Wars land will be built and it will uh, open up the same weekend as the movie. Well, I mean, I've the, got it all planned. This is just merchandising, baby. This is how we do these things. Get Iger on the phone. Aren't they opening a third Harry Potter? Uh, they're opening a third Harry Potter land. Where? Um, it's going to be, it's going to be um, uh, Paris. It's going to be uh, from Fantastic Beasts. Mm. And it's going to have like legit Paris, France landmarks, like restaurants in the Eiffel Tower and all, all the stuff in, in the park. It's going to be crazy. And we only get one? Come on. Yeah. Step it up. Nick and I were talking about this. We talked about it on the pod before. As far as I'm concerned, there's nothing stopping Disney from opening up a different kind of cantina in, in every large city. A half America. a dozen cities around the world. Not just doing Ogas again, but like a different planet each time. It would crush. It'd be like Planet Hollywood or, or Hard Rock, but better. It would crush in every city and would just make people want to come to Galaxy's Edge even more. Mm. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Let's get it. Let's get out there. I don't know why they hate money so much. <laughs> cantina slash restaurant. Well, you know what? Between these movies and the cantinas, we will figure out how to be able to do both. So all in all, we'll make... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's make uh, let's make the patrons decide. Let's make our Instagram decide, and let's do what we can to get to that a thousand subscribers. What are we doing? Press it, smash it, kick it. Yeah, we're just hovering right below it. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, we hit a thousand. You get like the whole the YouTube plaque. It says a thousand subscribers. It's <laughs> now you don't you don't get that. Right. Uh, they send you uh, one that's this big. It's like a pin. It's a letter in the but mail. It's got a tiny frame around it. It's a letter yeah. in the mail. It's printed in black and white. No, they can't afford the paper for a thousand subscribers. That's true. Subscribers. Not worth the All right, so that's that's our episode. That was a nice Freudian slip. They can't afford the paper for a thousand subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hopefully next week we'll be on schedule again. We'll we'll have a podcast. We won't totally blow it. I'm sorry for touring and stuff. Oh. I think that you said we're you're off on Monday. So I believe we will be streaming on Monday. That sounds Correct. Ooh, okay. I know I put that in my calendar, so maybe we're just putting that out there now. Pizza Beard Party says, I'll plank on top of the Falcon in Batu if you hit 2,000 subscribers. Woo! So Jake is Jake is willing See, to get he knows, out. He knows it's not going to happen. Uh, That's why he's saying okay. that. All right. All right. Okay. Or he's just a bold-ass dude. I like you know? that. He's willing <laughs> he's to get go kicked out of Disney permanently after that 2,000 subscribers. All right. All right. Well, patrons, vote Star Wars Scavengers. Team hottie or whatever. I want to win. I never win. I want to win. You get close. Darth Jar Jar is a good pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just let democracy do its thing. You know <laughs> I what I mean? Love we'll uh, we'll put up the poll. We'll read the results next week uh, when we talk about whatever we figure out we're going to talk about next week. Too much politics, dude. Too much politics. <laughs> I say we don't stream anymore until we get a thousand subscribers. I'm willing to play hardball. Ooh. Oh damn! Oh hiatus. I like that. I'm willing to just playing chicken. No more podcast. Yep, exactly. Thousand subscribers are death. Cancel mm-hmm. the story of the year show tomorrow, unless people, everyone's standing in line. I'll straight up go get a job at Target. <laughs> job at Target. That's honestly that's the quickest way to find all the black series that you've been looking for. Mm. Something to think about. Okay. All right. Love you, bros. Love you, dudes. Everybody, thanks for listening and watching. Press the button. Tell your mom to press the button. Tell everybody to press the button. This is the one that says subscribe. Do it. Please do it. And until next time, when we have a thousand subscribers, (laughs) may the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 
Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible. <laughs>